Hello everyone, hope everyone's doing well and uh, I'm uh, thankful that we're all here safely um, during the storm and uh, hopeful that even on the way home uh, everything will be decent, not too bad. Uh, um, yeah, we're going to go into the book of Joshua today, chapter 1, and uh, before we do, I just want to say a quick word of prayer for us. That's okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you that we have the privilege to, to read your word, to, to hear the word of God being preached. And we just pray at this time, Lord, that you would just show us more of yourself. You remind us of your goodness and your love. And we, that we will be blessed by you and that we would just be moved and convicted and encouraged by your word. And we will just give you just the glory that you so richly deserve. We do thank you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, and, uh, you know, it's interesting, out, out of a lot of the famous figures in the Bible, you know, you, you know, you think of like Abraham, you think of Moses, you know, you think of King David, right? I mean, there's very famous figures in the Old Testament that, you know, that kind of stand out, that jump out at you. And for whatever reason, I don't, I don't think Joshua is a, is a person that necessarily jumps out. Uh, to people as much as maybe some of these other figures. And sometimes I wonder maybe part of that is because the man before him that God used to lead the Israelites for 40 years, you know, in the desert, right, was, was Moses. And so, you know, you know, Joshua is not thought of as much by people as like a big figure sometimes. However, he accomplished something great, or really I should say God accomplished something really great through him Obviously, he was the one that God used to lead his people when they actually went into the promised land, right? when they went into the land of Canaan. Um, and in this passage, we see God's commission. We see God calling Joshua to now lead the people of God, to lead the people of Israel. And so the passage starts with the death of Moses. It's actually kind of sad, right, to start you know, the book that way. We have obviously the first five books of the Bible ending with Deuteronomy. And then in Joshua chapter 1, it starts by saying, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And it made me think, how, how would Joshua feel at this moment, right? Here he is, right? He's been an assistant. He's obviously been a very key player. Uh, you know, he's been very important to the people of Israel and what they were doing up to this point. However, he was always the assistant, right? He always had Moses to look to. He always had Moses to maybe encourage him, right, to guide him. And so he was always, you know, leaning on probably this, this, this leader, Moses, who God used to obviously bring the people out of Egypt, to bring the people out of slavery. Moses was the one that God was using to lead his people when they crossed the Red Sea, when they saw that miracle. Obviously, 40 years in the desert. That's all everybody knew, Moses. Obviously, they knew God, but they knew Moses as the servant, the one that God was using to guide his people for so many years. Right? So many years. That's all they knew. And then, obviously, 
Moses is not going into the promised land. All right, there's reasons for that, and we're not going to get too into it here. But he's not going to lead the people into the promised land. God doesn't want that. And now Moses, the servant of the Lord, is dead. And so now Joshua is being commissioned to take over, to lead the people of God in this very important part where now he has to lead the people of God into the promised land. They have to go over the Jordan and they have to go into the land of Canaan, right? The land of milk and honey to the land that people have been looking forward to, been excited about for so many years. And you would think, most likely, you know, he might be a little anxious, right? He might be a little scared, right? He might, you know, be a little nervous, right? Having to take over for Moses, God's servant for 40 years. And we all know, I hope, the people of Israel, they weren't an easy bunch. They were not a nice people that were easily led. They were complaining. They were grumbling, right? They, you know, they were questioning. I mean, we see a lot of issues with the, with the Israelites. So he's taking over and leading people that are not the easiest to lead. But obviously now they have to cross this Jordan and then they have to go into this land where, which is fortified by all these other people and they have to somehow take over this land. And so there's probably a lot in front of him and there's probably a lot going on inside of him, you know, and God comes to Joshua and he speaks to Joshua and he really encourages Joshua. You know, if you look at this passage, we see three times, three times he says to be strong and courageous. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. And in verse 9, he says, be strong and courageous. He's saying to Joshua, as you do my will, as you are being used by me to lead my people into the promised land, to the land of Canaan, across this Jordan, I don't want you to be all nervous and anxious. No, I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. And he gives a few reasons, right? You see, and I think those are really the three points that I want to make today. He, say, he pretty much tells Joshua, he says, look, be strong and courageous because you can trust my promises. And he says to be strong and courageous because my word is with you. Right? You have, you know, the law of God that you, get, you should meditate on and you should follow. And then he says, lastly, to be strong and courageous because I am with you. Right? I will be with you wherever you go. And as we look at this passage, I want to really think about even for us today, you know, as we live our lives, Life, life is hard. I think we heard from our brother Dan's prayer, you know, and even some of the words that Pastor Francis said even this afternoon. Even as we look at just the world around us, right, obviously with the pandemic and stuff that's going on in places like Afghanistan and Haiti and just seeing just the difficulties of life, but also even in our personal lives, life can be difficult. Maybe we want to be faithful. Perhaps we are saying, Lord, 
And I'm not Joshua. I'm not trying to lead your people into the promised land or anything like that. But I, I want to be faithful. I want to follow my calling in my life to live for your glory. I want to be faithful, you know, as a parent, you know, as a spouse, as a friend, right, as a son, as a daughter, as a member of the church, as a leader in the church, as, you know, a part of the community. I want to be faithful in my school, in my work. I want to be faithful wherever you've put me to live my life for your glory. But, Lord, it's hard. It's difficult. I have things that are going on that scare me. I have things that are going on that frighten me. Maybe I have issues in my, in my marriage or in my family, relational issues. Maybe I have health issues, right? I have issues in just the community that I'm a part of. I have issues with all these, and you can go on and on and on. Or maybe just even this pandemic and how it's never ending, it's getting tiring, it's getting difficult. You know, maybe my kids have to go back to school in the fall and is everything going to be okay? Maybe we have all these things that are going on in our minds, in our hearts. And Lord, how do I continue to be faithful in my walk when I have all these things going on in my life? And I think even today to us, God is telling us to be strong, to be courageous in living our lives faithfully for him. And how do we do that? And there's three things I want to really share with us. I kind of already shared it. We, we want to trust in the promises of God. We want to cling onto the word of God. And we want to remember that God is with us, right? That God is with us, right? We want to trust in the promises of God. We want to cling on to his word. And we want to remember that God is with us. And so the first thing is the promises of God. Now, even before God tells Moses to be strong, if you look at verse 3, he says, Every place that the sword of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you just as I promised to Moses. In verse 4, he says, All this land, he gives you know, a description of the land. He says, It will be your territory. He says in verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And then he says in verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them, right? He's saying, I swore to Abraham, right? I swore to their fathers, you know, to the, the patriarchs, to people that nobody even remembers, obviously. They've only heard about because they've been long passed away. But he's saying, I made a promise to my people. I made a promise even, you know, even to Moses. And I swore to your fathers. And, and hundreds of years later, what is he saying? He is saying, I am a promise keeper. I am going to keep my promise no matter what because that is who I am. I am the Lord. I am your God. And you can trust me. Now, honestly, it's actually very, very encouraging because I think one of the tough things in life is, is trust. You know, as we live our lives, you know, it's, it's hard to trust people, right? We, you know, as we go through life, I'm sure all of us here, at one point or another, we've been burned. We trusted somebody and they failed us. We trusted somebody else and they failed us again. And maybe we say, even though you failed me, I'm going to trust you yet again. And they failed us again. And it could be a stranger. It could be a contractor. Or it could be my best friend. It could be my parent. It could be my child, right? It could be my spouse. But we feel like it's so hard to trust people sometimes because people keep failing us. I remember one time 
I was uh, on an inner city mission trip, and you know, we were doing like a fun thing for these kids. And so one of the things we did was we had like a pinata, and you know, we wanted the kids to like break it, so you know, we blindfolded the kids, and they would come in, they'd take a stick, and you know, just pretty much like what you do at Halloween, right? It was just swinging. And one of the, the brothers that was holding up the pinata with the rope, he thought it'd be funny to make, to move it. So the kid sees it, you know, right? he ties it, gets the stick, and he swings, and this brother just like literally picked the pinata all the way up in the air, and he swung and he missed, right? And he was cracking up. And the lady that was in charge got really mad at him and said, how dare you, right? These kids, they have no one that they, they, they trust. Their life is so hard. And when they come to this place, this is supposed to be like a safe place, and they want to feel comforted, and they feel like they could trust everybody. And when you do things like that, you're just making them lose trust. And so I was there, and I saw her rebuking this brother, and I just said, hmm, that's right, you should listen, right? But I remember thinking, that's so true. Even from a young age, people keep failing us. People, we feel like people are lying to us, and we find it harder and harder to trust in people. But what is God telling Joshua here? He's saying, you can trust me. You can rely on me. He's saying, you can be strong. You can be courageous because you know who I am. You know that I am the promise keeper. If I tell you that something's going to happen, it is going to happen, even if all the odds are against you. And even if you feel like there's no way you could do this, there's no way we can cross this Jordan, there's no way we can defeat these enemies. They're too big, they're too strong, their weaponry is too great. Even if you think there's no way that any of this can be done, what is God saying? Say, no, you can trust me. You can be strong and courageous because I I'm the one that is giving you these promises. See, Moses passed away, and maybe a lot of the Israelites might have thought at that moment, oh no, what's gonna happen? Can we, is God still gonna keep his promises? We lost our great leader, what's gonna happen? And God reminds his people, right? Moses, he's not the one, I'm the one that you trust. I can appoint a new leader in Joshua, He's the one you can follow. Why? Because at the end of the day, it is God's purposes and it is God's promises and God will always keep his promises. And I think that's such an encouraging thing for us. You know, we read passages like this and we think of the promised land of the Israelites. But we think of our promised land. When we think of spending eternity with Christ, we know that God, the Father, sent the Son to die for people like us, sinners like us. We know Christ died for us, and we know that he promises to us that we, when we put our faith in Christ, or we will be forgiven, we'll be saved, we will have eternal life. There's a home in heaven prepared for us, and we know these things. And maybe sometimes when life gets difficult, we wonder about those promises. We wonder if God is with us. We wonder if God is working for our good. We wonder where our lives will end up in eternity. But here's the thing that we know, that our God is a God who keeps his promises. His promises will never, ever fail. So even when we go through hardships, we know he's working for our good. Even when we don't know what's going to happen, we know that he is guiding us, he is leading us, that the same God that we see at the cross loving us, is continuing to love us and guide us and lead us. And so as we know that, 
we can continue to be strong. We can continue to be courageous no matter what we encounter, no matter what happens. And so we see that we trust in the promises of God. But not just that, but we cling on to the word of God. Right? We trust in the promises of God, but we are strong, we are courageous because we cling on to the word of God. If you look at, if you look at verse 7, this is what the Lord tells Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. And then in verse 8, he continues the thought. He says, this book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Here's the thing. God doesn't just tell Joshua, all right, hey, go, you do this, right? You figure it out. He gives him the book of the law, but he gives him his word. And, you know, and at, at this time, right, we, we have a whole Bible, right? We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, we have the 66 books, and, you know, we have a, it's, it's a lot. He, at most, had five books, right? Because Moses wrote five books from Genesis to Deuteronomy, and we know that Joshua, obviously, he knew Moses personally. He probably knew Moses' shortcomings. But already we see the word of God being passed on to Joshua. And what is God saying to him? He says in verse 8, that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. And we see the importance. In order for me to follow God, to follow his leading, to live faithfully for him and to be strong and courageous as I'm doing it, I need the word of God in my life. And I want to meditate on it day and night. You know, when I was younger, this word meditation threw me off, right? Because I always thought meditation was kind of like you know, emptying yourself. Right? I remember when I was a kid, I used to go to Taekwondo and we would have meditation time. And you know, as a kid, you don't know what that means. So I would ask, well, what, 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 what do I do? And they said, just sit there and just empty yourself. And I remember thinking, well, what does that even mean? I don't know. So I would just fall asleep, right? <laughs> I would empty myself and just kind of fall asleep. And you know, there's this idea of meditation, right? Just kind of like be at peace and empty yourself. And when, when the word of God says to meditate on God's law, to meditate on the scriptures, to meditate on the word of God, it's saying to focus on the word of God. It's not emptying. You're filling yourself with the word of God. You're muttering it to yourself, right? You're, 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 you're just soaking it in, and you're soaking it in, and you're soaking it in. Because right? you want it to be a part of you, right? You want to sweat it out of your pores, right? Um, I used to have, I remember when I was in seminary, I used to have friends um, who would make fun of myself and some of the other Korean brothers and sisters, because I, I used to live in one of the dorms in seminary, and, you know, the Korean people, we, we would eat a lot of, a lot of, a lot of kimchi, right? And so some, you know, some of the, uh, the white brothers and sisters, I think they didn't like the smell of it so much, so they used to tell, tell us sometimes, oh, man, I feel like when you eat that thing, that it's just going to come out of your pores, right? And I don't know, maybe there's some truth to that, right? What you eat might come out of your pores, I guess, but what we want 
is we want to meditate on the word of God. We want to read the word of God. We want to chew on the word of God. We want to mutter the word of God. And we want to just kind of like be in our brains and come into our hearts. And so we want to meditate on it day and night, day and night until it's just coming out of our pores. It's a part of who we are. Because how do I even cling on to the promises of God? Well, through the scriptures, right? How do I know that how much God loves you? How am I encouraged by his love and his faithfulness every day? Again, by meditating on the word of God. How do I know how he wants me to live my life for his glory again? By meditating on the word of God. I want his word to be soaking into my pores, into my, my brain, into my heart, so it just kind of flows out of me. And that's, that's what Joshua was called to do. That's what we want to do. But not just to meditate on it. If you look at verse 7, it says to let it not depart from your mouth. So he's supposed to meditate on it. He's supposed to really, really let it soak in. He's supposed to speak it, teach it, encourage others with it. And then it says here to also to be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So we don't just meditate. We don't just speak it. We want to live it. Right? How do I become a faithful child of God, a faithful man and woman of God, right, who is strong and courageous to live my life for the glory of God no matter what happens when I am clinging in onto, when I'm soaking in, when I'm following the word of God. And that's so important. I think unfortunately, however, for many of us, the word of God has lost a lot of importance. You know, I remember back in, you know, my, you know, back in the day, before everybody had, that, had their Bibles and their cell phones, you know, we used to have, obviously, physical Bibles. And sometimes, you know, you go to somebody's house, maybe to do a visitation, and you'd be like, oh, let's read the scriptures. And you see people looking for their Bible, right? They don't even know where it is, right? And then when they find it, they're just, like, dusting it off, right, blowing on it, right? And why? Because it's not read, you know, I remember, you know, going to small groups and asking people, hey, how, how many of you read the Bible every day? And I stopped asking that question because the answers were sometimes depressing, right, because it wasn't being read. And, you know, sometimes, I remember one time I saw, I saw a brother, he had a Bible, and he was so beat up looking. So I looked at him and I said, hey, like, that's encouraging. You know, are you, are you reading that Bible so much that it's just that beat up? And he just kind of looked at me and was like, I leave it in my school bag, right? So... So it wasn't that he was reading it, he was just getting beat up in the bag, right? And so that wasn't that great, right? But, but you know, I think we all know this, hopefully. Uh, but if we want to grow in the Lord, if we want to be strong and courageous, you want, if we want to faithfully follow God in all that we do, we have to cling on to the Scriptures. You know, when we hear the Word of God being preached, we should listen intensely, right, focused, whether we're taking notes as it's listening, right, and really think about it throughout the week. How does that apply to my life? We should study the word, right, at a Bible study and really think about how does it apply to my life and the life of others that I know. We should read the word ourselves or do devotionals and study it, not just to check it off, but just to be able to meditate on his word. Let it soak in. We should memorize scripture, right, and just really have as much scripture memorized as possible so that when things happen in life, right, God reminds us of his word at those right moments to encourage us. We could be strong and we could be encouraged, but also that we could give a word to somebody else when they are in need. You know, I knew a brother who used to tape an uh, index card on his car every day, a different Bible verse, and he would just drive a lot. So he would just tape it, 
And every day he would memorize one verse or like a, a few verses, one passage. And so I said to him, why do you do that? He said, well, because I want to memorize scripture, but it's so hard to do it. So when I just write it out in the morning, I just tape it on to my dash. And he said, I don't even try to memorize it all day long. I'm just reading it as I'm driving. And then by the end of the day, it's there. It's memorized. And I said to him, oh, it's a great idea. I'm going to do that. I've yet to do it all these years, right? But we want to memorize. We want to meditate. And we want to study. We want to let it soak in. We want to share about it with others. But also we want to live it. It's not good enough for me to just know the scriptures. We want the scriptures to touch our hearts and we want to live it out in our lives. We want to obey the word of God. And that's so important. I remember in seminary, one of my professors said that to us. He said, the farthest distance in the world is the distance between your head and your heart. And he was telling us, a bunch of seminary students, he said the problem with seminary students is that they, they know too much. They study the scriptures, they study theology, it's all here. But he said, after a while, it fails to go here into your heart. And so he said, then what's the point? And so we want to meditate on the scriptures, but also we want to obey the word of God. And as we do that, right, we can cling on to the scriptures, be people of the word, we can be strong and courageous. But lastly, not only are we looking at the promises of God, not only are we clinging on to the scriptures, but we're being reminded that the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and be courageous. Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, earlier in the passage, verse 5, he said, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And now in verse 9, he says, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How encouraging is that? He's telling Joshua, when you go with your people, when you lead your people across the Jordan, when you go into the land of Canaan, wherever you go, whatever dangers you face, whatever enemies you face, whatever difficulties you face, here's the thing that you know, you're not alone. You're not doing it by yourself. You're not doing it on your own strength. I'm with you every step of the way. I made you the promises. I gave you my word. But I am also with you, guiding you and leading you every step of the way. You know, it actually reminds me of Jesus, the Great Commission. Right? When he tells his disciples to go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And then he says, for I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm sure Joshua was so encouraged when he heard from the Lord that as he led his people, he wasn't doing it by himself. Because, you know, this whole be strong and courageous, he, God, when God repeats it, it's not a mantra that Joshua was supposed to repeat so that he could just feel good about himself. It wasn't, the idea wasn't, hey, be strong and courageous because you can find your inner strength, right, within you and just be strong and courageous. You can do it. You can do it. Just find your inner strength and go and, you know, you can do whatever, you know, you want to do. You could do whatever it takes. That's not, that wasn't what God was saying. He was saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because I'm with you. I made promises to you. I'm going to keep those promises. I gave you my word. I want you to study that word and follow it. And you know what? I, myself, 
am going with you. I'm right by your side everywhere you go. And I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you to yourself. No way. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to give you the success that you need. And I'm going to help you every step of the way. And as Christians, I think that's something that's, that's incredible for us. Obviously, we know who Jesus is. You know, the name Joshua even, right? I love his name. His name, you know, means the Lord saves. Right? Yahweh saves. The Lord saves. What an appropriate name. But I don't know if you guys know this, but if you take the Hebrew name Joshua, and if you translate it into Greek, you get the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. And obviously, Joshua is pointing to Christ. And we know that just, just like Joshua led his people into the promised land as a servant of God, we know who Christ is. He's the one that leads us. He's the one that guides us. He is the one that leads us truly to the promised land. And here's what we know. We know that Christ loved us so much. He even came into this world to die for people like us. We know what the cross is all about. But we also know that he is with us right now through his Holy Spirit. Uh, we know that he is going to be with us always. Right? So the pastor says, until we get to heaven, until we spend eternity with him, we know that wherever we go, as we are trying to live faithfully for him, as we are trying to make disciples, as we are trying to be his people, glorifying him, we know that the Lord is with us. We know that he was forsaken on the cross so we could be forgiven and we know that we will never be forsaken, that he will be with us, his people, wherever you go. And when we know that, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're struggling with, if I know that he is with me and he's working for my good, then I can be strong and I can be courageous. I remember hearing a preacher once share this story about a little girl who wanted to jump into the pool. Right, so it was like, you know, like, you know, there was like a pool and all these older kids were jumping in. And I think there was like a little like, you know, diving board and the kids were jumping in. And so she wanted to jump in as well. And so, you know, she's just this little girl, maybe like six, seven years old, right? So she tells her daddy, I want to jump in. And so she goes and she's about to jump in. And then she realizes she's too scared. So she goes back. And the dad seeing this, it pretty much says, you know what? I got this, right? I'm going to go into the pool and why don't you jump in? I know you're scared about drowning or whatever. I'm, I'm going to be there for you. So he goes into the pool and, you know, obviously she gets encouraged. So then when he's in the pool, she doesn't just go into the, you know, to the diving pool. She, like, runs and she jumps into the pool. Actually, the way I heard the story is she doesn't jump into the pool. She jumps onto her dad and he, like, falls into the pool and they both almost die just because of the impact of that, right? But the point is as soon as this little girl saw her daddy, she was like, oh, I don't have to be scared anymore. I'm going to jump in. Why? Because I know you are with me. I know you got me. I know you're going to not let me get hurt. You're going to be with me all the way. And in that way, I think for us, here's what we know. No matter what I face, no matter whatever struggles I go through, whatever difficulties I go through, Lord, I want to live my life for you. I want to say for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But life is so hard. Life is so difficult. I'm going through all these different things. I'm scared, I'm anxious, I don't know what to do, I'm confused. And what is the Lord saying to us? He's saying, you know what? Look to me. Look to the promises that I have made you because I will be 
always keeping those promises, cling on to those promises. He says, go into my word, cling on to my word, meditate on my word and follow it. And look to me and remember that I am always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And as we look to him, then we can say, Lord, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can be strong, I can be courageous, and I can live my life for you. And I hope and pray that that will be our hope, our desire today. Let's pray.